I'm excited about what God is doing and uh, thankful that you are here today. There is a uh, strong wind blowing outside. Amen. Some of you just blew right on in here. That's good. Amen. I'm glad you're here today. And God is going to do some special things. Amen. And we are going to uh, just kind of open up our hearts to Him. How many of you, you came today and uh, let's just... Let's just be honest. You were a little less than thankful or a little less than grateful when you walked through the doors today. Let's just be honest. How many of you, you walk through, you're like, oh, man. Shoo. All right, good. We have two honest people in the house. Thank you very much. Amen. Amen. It's so good, amen, to be able to be uh, worshiping the Lord together and to, to just take some time to be thankful. Just take some time to be grateful. Um, my name is Pastor A.J. Dummett, and I'm the lead pastor here. And I do want to welcome all of you, especially all of our guests. I want to welcome you, and I'm so glad that you are with us. For all of those of you that are watching online, amen, I want to welcome you as well. I want you to know that we are glad that you're here. Amen. And so... Um, today, we know there's a lot of people that are checking us out online. I just thought about you. Uh, we're going to adjust the camera because gonna, we're going to have some multimedia today. So we're going to adjust the camera so that you'll be able to see that as well. And uh, we are so glad that you are checking us out online. Uh, some of you on Facebook Live. Some of you are checking us out uh, through live stream, through the app. And uh, we are glad that you are a part of our service today. And uh, we just want you to know. It's better in person. Come join us in person. How many of you are glad that you're here in person today? Amen. Amen. Today we're going to be looking back at what God has done for the crossroads uh, ever since it began in 1985 and uh, all the way into this very Sunday. We're going to do that in a short amount of time. And uh, we, are, we are doing something very important today. We're starting our look series. Everybody say the look series. The Look series is where we're going to look back at what God has done. We're going to look up to heaven for help. We're going to look out to the fields because they're white and ready to harvest. And then we're going to look forward to what God's got in store for us. Amen. So today, before you are seated, I wonder if you would just uh, take just a moment and uh, if you wouldn't mind just either bowing your head or lifting your hands, and let's just ask God to anoint uh, what we're about to receive today. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for your presence that we've felt in this house already. And God, we want you to move into this place in a special way in the next little bit here. God, we know that uh, there are matters of eternal importance that are taking place in this service today. And God, we don't want to take this opportunity for granted, so help our hearts and minds and our spirits be open to receive what Whatever you want to speak into our lives today. And God, for this, we will give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. A church reaches its prime and then it either moves into a greater vision era or the death of that church begins. I know that's kind of a sad statement to start off with, but that's how it is. Either the church, when it reaches its prime, it reaches uh, the, the, the best days, amen, uh, then uh, it either gets to a greater era of vision or 
it sinks and it starts to go into decline and the death of that church begins. This church has seen some incredible moves of God, some incredible things, but I believe that the best is yet to come. Amen. I believe for all the things that we have seen and witnessed in the past, I believe we have a greater vision for the future. And in order to achieve it, we got to stop today and we got to take a look back and remember what God has done. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. We're going to read out of Deuteronomy chapter 6 today. We're going to read verses 10 through 12. And we'll get started. I'm going, to, I'm going to just make no apologies. Today is going to be, for those of you that you don't know very much about our church, by the time you leave here today, you'll know a whole lot about our church. Uh, you don't, you, some of the people that you'll see, you won't know, uh, but you are going to understand the stories of what God has done. The, this is what Deuteronomy 6, 10 to 12 says, So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you uh, large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees, excuse me, which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, then, look at this, beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. I realize we're in the Old Testament, but I think that this policy, this principle still applies. When you eat and you're full and everything seems to be good, beware lest you forget it was God who got you there. Amen? You need to stop and remember it was God who did it. It was God who brought you out of the miry clay. It was God who set your feet on a rock to stay. Amen. He's the one that puts a song in your heart. Amen. So I think today it is vital that we take the time to remember what God has done for us. And we've got to do this. We've got to stop because this is what, the, this is what we're commanded to do, to stop and remember what God has done. And then we've got to pass it on to our children and to our grandchildren. The next generation has to have faith instilled in them. If it happened before, it can happen again. If God did it for them, He can do it for me. Come on, somebody. If God did it for their family, He'll do it for my family. That's, that's what we're talking about today. we got to remember today. We're looking back at what God has done. And so the scripture tells us when God brought the children of Israel over the Jordan River, they were commanded to set up a memorial with large stones to help them remember. And we read this in Joshua chapter 4, uh, verses 6 through 8. It says that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean you by these stones? What's all this stuff about? Then ye shall answer them. The waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. The only way that they could get the stones is because God did a miracle and cut the waters off. Amen. The only reason some of us are here today, come on somebody, is because God did a miracle in your life. God did a miracle in your family. God made it possible for you to stand in here and worship Him today. He made it possible for you to give Him praise and glory in His house. Amen. 
Verse 8 says, So the children of the Lord did so as Joshua commanded. They took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. Amen. We are setting up today. We are setting up a remembrance, a memorial. Amen. We are remembering what God has done. And this is what verse 24 says of Joshua Uh, chapter 4, it says that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord God or the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. That's why you set up a memorial. That's why you take the time to look back and to talk about what God has done. That's why we're taking the time today. That's the purpose of this memorial and taking time to remember. We want to instill faith in the next generation. We want to roll away the past defeats that that they have experienced. That's what God did for the children of Israel. That's what God is going to do for some of you here today. Because God had greater things intended for Israel, but they had to be careful. He said, beware, don't forget. Look back. Remember, you got to understand. Remember what God can do. Remember what I did for you. Remember what I am able to accomplish if you'll let me. So it's great to look back, and we're going to do that. And then we will move forward. We'll move forward to the greater things that God has planned for this church and this community. And I want to just begin, uh, start this off today by saying, I, I realize some of you, this, this may be a little unsettling for you. Uh, for those of you, it's going to be a trip down memory lane. Amen. But for whoever is here today, my prayer is that you will realize and you will see if God did it for them, he can do it for me. Amen. If God did it for them, he can do it for me. In October of 1985, this church started in a home on Glenwood Drive. The Shrums, uh, we're, we're going to show you some pictures so that you can be aware. The Shrums wanted to see a diverse congregation of people worshiping God together. Uh, so they started this in their home on Glenwood Drive. And Sister Shrum told a lady, another lady that was a minister of a, a, another church in town, and, and she said, you know, we want to start this diverse church. We want to have a church where all kind of people can worship together. And this lady told her it will never happen in Radcliffe. That was in 1985. One of the first members, Sister Cooper, stand up. One of the first members of this church was Sister Cooper. And if you'll notice, she wasn't the same color as the pastor. So automatically, the church started out with diversity. Amen. There were then, and there are still all kinds of ethnicities that are worshiping God together at the crossroads. And they met there in that home until they could not afford, uh, until they couldn't stay there any longer. They had, to, they had to be able to afford a building. So when they had enough people, they purchased a building. And they purchased the building that we are in today. And J.B. Mills uh, and his family came to pastor in January of 1990. Some of you are like, where's that building at? That's the building right next to us here. That's the building they started worshiping in. The, the, uh, the, the mills started, they came in and they were pastoring a multicultural church just as the original founding pastor had uh, hoped that it would be. Pastor Mills had the vision, though, to tear down the old house that was used for Sunday school. It sat right where uh, we are today. And that is, uh, if, you look at, if you look from the road, you, that house that's sitting there directly in front of us is the house where this church sits. 
And he had the vision to tear down the old house that was used for Sunday school classrooms. And they built the building that we are in today. And so we see uh, them having the vision to not only uh, realize that there were greater things ahead and there were more things to come, but they decided they were going to put a building here so that we could worship God together. Amen. They, they decided it was time to move forward. And so uh, they moved on and they built the building. I'm not sure what you're seeing. Yeah, there you go. That was the group that uh, they broke ground together. Amen. And they built this building. Uh, that we are sitting in. There's the foundation, the footers being laid and the foundation uh, going in. And uh, so you can kind of see the transformation of what took place. Man, still there. There you go. And there's the trusses that we just removed. (laughs) Amen. There we go. Now you see it. Amen. And so... This is how it looked when the mills went back to uh, Indiana in 1998. And uh, there were people that came and worshipped together. I think if you look at that person on the front row, you you recognize who that is? Rebecca Allen, you know who that is? Amen. Uh, That's that's Sister Allen right there on the front row. And so they left in 1998 and the Medlock uh, family came to pastor here in 1998 and again... Uh, they were pastoring a diverse congregation. Anybody recognize, go back one, anybody recognize the, the guy sitting on the, let's see, it's your left, your very left. You, you see who that is? Anybody know who that is? Reverend Cooper. <laughs> so the, the Medlock family was here and they stayed until uh, it was early in 2001 and uh, they they moved back to Louisiana where they were from, and uh, some of the people that are here today, they were, they were here, came when the Medlocks were here, and uh, some of you remember that, that uh, transition point. Uh, go ahead and keep going, and uh, there's, I don't have a whole lot of pictures. We have a, a few pictures of each one, but we don't have a lot of pictures. We have more pictures of the last 18 years, though. Uh, there are some people that just, they really like taking pictures. So, in July of 2001, those young people came uh, and they were elected to be the, the pastor, this pastor that's here today. I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> but myself and my wife were elected to be the next pastor in, in July of 2001. And our first services, we had about 12 people. Um, 16 if my parents and her parents came. Remember that, Sister Rivera? Good times, right? Kind of. I was a young pastor, and the first week that I was there, we um, got a letter from the city, and you can see this is what our, our parking looked like. And uh, so the first week I was there, we got a letter from the city, and, and so it stated that the original plans for the church included a parking lot, and that the gravel parking lot that we were using was not adequate for the city codes, and so it also threatened that if a parking lot was not in place within 30 days, that we would have to cease and desist from all services and gatherings in our building. Welcome to Radcliffe. (laughs) Well, what were we to do? I mean, we already had a good-sized mortgage looming over us, uh, not really even enough tithe-paying members to pay the mortgage and the monthly utilities uh, at the time. So I was actually working outside the church. I was working two jobs, one with Hardin County Schools, 
the school system and one with Spencerian College. And uh, we knew that we were going to have to take steps in faith in order to get where God wanted us to go. So as you can see, services were much different then than they are now. Um, we only had one musician. Uh, you see in the right hand, your right hand corner way back there, that was our one musician. I know you see an organ, but nobody played it. Uh, there was one musician way over there. His name was Latif. Latif was our 13-year-old or 14-year-old drummer. And that's it. That's all we had. And uh, so we had six wooden pews. You can count them. We had six wooden pews. We had about 30 brown metal folding chairs. How many of you glad you're not sitting on a metal folding chair today? And yes, if you'll notice the bottoms of the wall, it was a lot more pink or mauve. Let's just call it what it is. It was a lot more mauve at the time. Uh, we knew that we were going to have to take steps in faith to get where God wanted us to go. And so as we have progressed, there have been many incredible transformations to the building and to our services and to our ministries. It was only about five years ago that we didn't have adequate parking for our membership. And uh, so we, as you can see, we did get the parking lot paved. Uh, we, we were able to uh, acquire a loan to get the parking lot paved, to get uh, chairs. And uh, they're not the chairs that we have now, but they were the chairs then. And uh, keep going. And so this is what the building looked like. And this is, this is how it appeared. Keep going. This was a typical service for us. <laughs> Man, you see... You see Gisela and Miguel and Vanessa, and you see the, the Bonds and Kathy, and there's people, there's some people there that you'll know. Keep going. We had, we had church. It was called Bethesda Apostolic Church when we got here. Keep going. We changed the name in 2002 to the Crossroads, and it's been the Crossroads ever since. We haven't changed it back, so... This was our mayor uh, visiting us at the time, and this was one of our special services. I think this was the 10th anniversary, or 20th of the church, I can't remember, 10th of ours and 20th of the church. And then there's some little people that you might recognize. The little one with the hat and the pink, that is my oldest daughter. The one to the right, uh, left of her is uh, Tyresha, and then... Um, you see, it's not Tyresha. No, the one to the left of her is Tyresha. The one to the left of Julia is Tyresha. Oh, my goodness. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Do you all see the one to the left? Oh, you can't see it. You guys can't see it. I'm not talking about the one to the right. I'm talking about the one. Would you all quit arguing with me? I know what Tyresha looks like. For those of you that can't see, please move to the middle section. Oh, my goodness. Jasmine's there with her white hat on. I think that's Jaden in the middle of them. Jordan and Kaya, then uh, Kanisha Rodney's two girls right there. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's Jessica down in front and Kanisha. Good times, good times. All right, keep going. Sorry, didn't mean to get hung up. This was at an anniversary service in the, uh, on the far left. For those of you sitting here on the far left is the Moonies. 
and uh, they pastor in Calvary, at Calvary in Indianapolis. Then brother and sister Mills, the uh, the uh, second pastors, the Shrums, the first pastors, ourselves, my, myself, my wife, and then our assistant pastors at the time, James and Ramona Thornton. So keep going. We did a lot of we did a lot of stuff, and you'll recognize some of those people as well. But this is this is what the the sanctuary. This is what the platform used to look like. Keep going. This is the diversity, and this is our 30 year anniversary. So you can kind of see uh, what has taken place, but. Uh, I think the next picture, go ahead and pull the next picture up. Yeah, this is RCA, and uh, this was at the uh, Creation Museum. Keep going, RCA. Look at Josh Cooper over there teaching some music. See those little people. All right, keep going. We've done outreaches in the community. This is us putting out flags at the, uh, at the Veterans Memorial Cemetery, Project 2239. This is us picking up trash in Radcliffe. Yes, we've been involved in the community. We've done a few things here and there. This is, uh, man, this is way back. This is like 06, I think. We did a, a special focus on the future week, uh, and we had stuff out in the community, and we had a flatbed trailer and did creative ministry out there. Y'all don't remember any of that. And then we tore the platform up. And uh, we removed we had two extra steps it was a lot higher and we removed those keep going and uh we we had a falling apart sidewalk and such outside right out in the very front man it looks so much better now keep going oh there you go our work went in there keep going that was that was what i was trying to get you to i forgot that all those other ones were in there so about five years ago this parking over here that most of you parked on as you came in today. Uh, that was just gravel and grass. That's all it was, and the house was there. So we didn't have adequate parking uh, for the size of our Sunday services. We had tried to purchase the property next to us uh, that was owned by the union for like twice before at above or at or above market value. Um, we were turned down, and so we were landlocked. We didn't know what to do. We we only had the back parking lot, and it was really, it was always crowded. We were always parking in the gravel next door, and it, it was just frustrating. And so finally, um, the opportunity came for us. And I, I'm, I'm, I, some of you have heard this story. Some of you haven't. So let me just tell it so that you hear it. We had the opportunity to step out in faith. And so as we took the opportunity, the, this, the opportunity to step out in faith, we, we had that opportunity because of a word that God gave me. We responded in faith and obedience. And to make a long story short, they called me that week. We now own and park on the property that God allowed us to purchase for less money than what we had offered the two previous times. Amen. And God always makes a way. Amen. God always makes a way. So I... I bring you to a little bit more recent time. October of 2017, this is, this is us worshiping. This is what it looked like just recently. We have tried to make improvements. There's, you know, we have people that like to hold signs. Tyresha loves holding signs. She holds the one that says, Pastor made me hold this sign. And uh, so we've tried to make improvements. We've tried to keep moving forward. Uh, but just in October of 2017, just 
a little over a year ago, a couple, year and a half now. Um, Joe Ontiveros is up running some wire for us in the rafters. And he sends this picture to my wife uh, from the rafters up above the sanctuary. And uh, he's like, this doesn't look right. And we're like, you're right, it sure doesn't. And so we knew right away that something was not good, and we called our insurance company. They sent out an adjuster, and then they sent out an engineer who, in December of 2017, informed us we were no longer allowed to meet in our sanctuary until it was fixed or until shoring was put into place. So, as most of you know, we had our Christmas Sunday in the Colvin Community Center in Radcliffe. In late December of 2017, I called some contractor friends that I have that are also preachers, and they uh, came over to help us, and they helped us get shoring in place so that at least we could meet in the sanctuary until we found out what the process was going to be and if the insurance was going to step up. From January 2018 until October 2018, we met in this sanctuary right here with wooden beams and shoring going right down the middle of the sanctuary. In October of 2018, everything was finally in place to go ahead with the repairs, even though the insurance company has to this day still not stepped up. And so we realized that we were going to have to have some steps in faith to get us where God wanted us to go. So go back just a couple. So displaced into two locations. Keep going. Right. Keep going. Keep going. No, you're going back. I want you to go forward now. (laughs) Sorry. Right there. Displaced into two different locations. Our fellowship hall next door. That's a picture of one of the services. Look at that. Sister Cooper's up there leading worship. And Brother Warnkin's up there. Hmm. 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 I told you I was going to get you, Sister Cooper. I told you. Been hiding their talents. I'm just saying. But they uh, had service in the fellowship hall. We also had service in the Louisville Valley Station campus. Uh, And so we packed that place out until we got through all the obstacles that it took us to get through February of this year. So let's just kind of take a little look-see at what we went through. So we took up all the carpet squares, and then we knocked all the sheetrock down. We didn't do it, but it got knocked down, and this place was a mess. Keep going. And then the day came for, finally, for them to start removing trusses. And they started removing the trusses. And guess what? They put the first one up there, and they said, these trusses are not right. Well, that's a problem, because now we have the ceiling open, and rain's coming. So we had to make some adjustments, and so they took the old trusses off a few at a time, and we're putting the new trusses on. Uh, We decided to go ahead and let that go through, and uh, because of their mistake, uh, we got the awning out front, and we got the overhang on the side door added to what we were supposed to be doing, so their mistake turns out to be a benefit for us, but keep going. They removed these trusses, and uh, I'm telling you, this, this was a very unsettling time for me. Uh, keep going, especially whenever you walk in and the sanctuary looks like that. I told my wife, I said, I, it, was, it almost just made me sick whenever I'd walk in here. Just, it's kind of like, like if you walked into your, you know, your favorite room in the world. Maybe it's your living room. Maybe it's your bedroom. Maybe it's your you know, family room, whatever. Maybe it's the kitchen. I don't know. But it's just an utter disaster with stuff laying everywhere. And that's how it felt when I walked in here. 
So keep going. So we got the got that back on. There was some periods of things not going right, so we had to cover it with tarp. And I was always thinking, oh God, we're going to have this gushing mighty you know rain come down through and just fill the sanctuary, and then we're going to have all kinds of problems. But thankfully, uh, we were able to get through it mainly unscathed. And uh, so today, our roof line looks a little bit different, um, but they were able to keep going. And we were able to get everything uh, fixed, everything taken care of. And in the process of doing that, um, we figured out it was just, it's only a test. And uh, so you'll see, it's only a test. It's gone because of faith promise. And we're supposed to count it all joy. So for those of you that are wondering where that's at, it's right here. It never really, never really disappeared. It's right up above us. Keep going. So then the drywallers came in and the drywall mud guys, oh my goodness. They were the slingingest bunch of mud I'd ever met. Mud everywhere. It was crazy. And uh, you couldn't walk in here without walking back out with some of it on you. I hope that happens today. Well. Well. All right, keep going. So that's, that's where we're at. And, and today, you know, yes, the dumpster's gone. We got some, some new chairs. Uh, we put the carpet squares back down, thanks to several of these guys in here. And uh, we are back to having church again, which is good, right? That's our first Sunday back in here. Many of you saw me hop up on this stage and take that picture, take that panorama. So that captured everybody that was in here that Sunday. And uh, that will be a picture that I will remember. It's not the best quality, but you get the idea. So it's easy for us to look at the the physical things, right? It's easier for us to take a look and see the changes in the building, see the changes in the campus. Uh, but sometimes we forget that God has done much more than just building work. And so instead of just focusing on the building work today, I, I wanted to focus on some physical and material things. Uh, but I also wanted to say that God is taking more than, more than care of just a place for us to have meetings, He's actually helping us to do a lot of ministry work. He's helping us uh, to train ministry. And we've trained and empowered a lot of people in ministry that have gone from here. And they are or they were involved in ministry in other places all over the world. So I want to mention just a few people. You will recognize some of these people. Some of you will have no idea who they are. But just to verify that they're actually people, I wanted to have a picture of them. So Thomas and Patricia Stokes. They got licensed while they were here. They were uh, people that, one of the original people that had come, uh, and uh, they were licensed ministers while they were here. And uh, then you see them today, and they had their children, grandchildren. And uh, then there were Jim and Angie Jarvis. Uh, they left, to, left here to pastor an ALJC church uh, closer to Louisville. And then there's Kanisha Cowden. She came uh, as Kanisha Rodney. And uh, she went through some family issues when she first got here to uh, Fort Knox. And uh, her husband was in the military, but uh, she left. She went to UofL, and she moved on up to uh, Calvary, and she married Brandon Cowden. Some of you know who that is. Uh, she, was from, she came from this church. 
She did a lot of ministry in this church. She was a team leader in this church before she left here. I just want to make sure some of you knew that because it's what God has done through this church. And so now she's married to Brandon. They were min, uh, music ministry uh, at Calvary, and they're gonna, no telling what God's going to do with them. Now they have beautiful little Miles, uh, their son as well. Uh, and then there's Zachariah and Amy Potter, who are now assistant pastors in Kansas, close to their hometown. There's Steve and Elizabeth Salgado, who are now very involved with the Pentecostal Assemblies in Colorado, where they came from. That's their son, Jaden, getting the Holy Ghost right there. James and Ramona Thornton. They now pastor the United Pentecostal Church that's in Litchfield, Kentucky. They were, uh, keep going, they, were, they helped on our uh, quiz teams, and they were assistant pastor here. Uh, keep going. And... Uh, Good people, now they pastor uh, not too far from here, about an hour and 15 minutes. How long, how far is it, Sister Lorraine? Hour and 15 minutes? 30 minutes? 40, 45 minutes. 45 minutes. We'll settle on that one. And then there's somebody you might recognize, or maybe not, Stephen Beckberger. He's standing there next to his cousin, Lisa. And uh, Stephen is now heavily involved in the music and the ministry of his church and uh, the German-speaking nations. I'll talk a little bit more about him later, uh, but you see him being used in ministry. And then there is Lisa Anderson, who is now our youth pastor and is currently in Purpose Institute. Then you have Ted and Crystal Abbott, who have now been in this church. It's hard to believe that. It really is hard to believe. For over four years... And they are now ministering uh, in, in, in ministry training at Purpose Institute. You've got people like Joe and John and Tyresha uh, who are also in Purpose Institute training to be used in further ministry. And they already are doing ministry. And, of course, there's Josh and Jessica Cooper who are vital to what happens here at the crossroads. By my count, that is at least, and I didn't, there's a few that I did not even mention, but by my count, there's at least 20 people uh, just in the last 18 years that have been trained for or gotten empowered for ministry here. That, that's, that's, we should give God some glory for that. Because sometimes we look at just what's here and we forget there have been a lot of other ministries that have been sent out from here. And so in the past 10 years, not only have we trained ministries and ministers and people for ministry, but in the past 10 years, we've reached out and we've tried to start works and we've tried to uh, have different things going, small groups or preaching points or even services in Brandenburg. Uh, some of you remember this, but we, we, we were uh, attempting to start a church in Brandenburg for a few years, and that kind of, uh, the door kind of got closed on that. But look, man, look at us. What, what in the world? That, that guy right there, he got the Holy Ghost. I think he was interested in one of the girls that was coming to the church, but he got the Holy Ghost. Amen. And we're thankful for that. Some of y'all think I forgot those things, but I remember those things. Then we're outside of the amphitheater there in Brandenburg holding services. So we haven't just kept to ourselves. We've been reaching out, not just to our community, but to other communities. And then Fort Knox, we ha had several Bible studies and different things that went on there. And we would have soldiers that would be uh, brought by van, van loads of soldiers that would come to the church. <clears throat> Amen. I remember one Easter, I think we had about 10 of them that got the Holy Ghost, and we baptized like 15 of them that night. It was awesome. Amen. But after being kind of shut down in both of those places, when the, the chaplain left 
Uh, Chaplain Barry got called away from Fort Knox. We kind of got shut down there. Brandenburg got shut down. And so uh, we moved to step out in faith again, and we decided that we were going to start a church. God called us to plant a church in Louisville, Kentucky. So about uh, we, we had some services. This is, this is, I think, the original, the first service uh, that we had, and this was our first preview service. It was in uh, the hotel uh, over off of 64 on, in the east side. How many of you, you remember that? It was good times. So funny story, this funny story. I'm preaching this message, right? And that, see that banner that's behind me? It says the Crossroads of Louisville has the, the cityscape at night, you know? I'm preaching this message, first message, and that banner just starts to come down. I mean, literally, in slow motion, it, was, it just came down behind me. It was awesome. Uh, nothing like starting a church. But about three years ago, we purchased a building in Valley Station, and it is a great thing uh, that we had another campus over the past four months to get us through. And I'm not even going to take the time to show you all the renovations that were done, but I will show you the outside renovation. Uh, we, we went from red brick to gray brick, and uh, we are so thankful for all of the hard work that goes into to this. But look at, look at what God has done. Look at what God has done. Amen? Hey, you know what? Let me just stop for just a second. There shouldn't even be a church here, folks. Started in a house. People in Radcliffe were not for it starting. They said, you'll never have a diverse church in Radcliffe. And there was. Amen. They, they moved here, and uh, there's all kinds of issues and reasons why. When the first week I got here, you know, we're going to shut you down. Well, there's so many things along the way, obstacles that we've had to overcome. You know, we didn't have enough parking, and God, God provides that. And then, you know, here we are. We're, we're faced with this. What do we do? We get kicked out of our sanctuary. And, you know, you just, they're, they're, the church shouldn't be here, but we are. Because God has got a hand in what's going on. Amen. Amen. God is good. We ought to just take a little bit of time to thank Him and remember what He's done. It's easy for us to forget... So let's take time to remember, amen? God's had His hand in it all along. Amen. God's been bringing us through all along. About uh, five or six years ago, God really started dealing with me that I needed to start training ministry. And I felt like, you know, at the time, I'm 42 now, at the time I was like 35, 36, I'm like, God, I don't have that much wisdom to share with people. I don't need to be training anybody. I need to be trained more, you know? And uh, so it, it went on for a couple years of me putting it off, and then finally uh, I, I gave in and I said, okay, if we're ever going to accomplish what I feel like God wants us to accomplish, we're going to have to train more ministry. Every one of you sitting in here today is a candidate for ministry. I just feel to say that. That's not in my notes. Joe can verify that. He's looking at my notes right now. Every one of you in here today is a candidate for ministry. It's going to be your choice going to be your choice. But let me just, let, let me move forward from that. Uh, we, we started with ministers and training because I knew I had to do something. So I started, hey guys, we're going to watch this video and we're going to read this book and then we're going to talk about it and we're going to have discussion. And that, after about two years of that, that turned into what we do now, which is called Purpose Institute. And now 
not only do I teach them, but we have other people from the district that come in and we teach and we train ministry uh, at our Louisville campus one weekend every month for eight months out of the year. And uh, this is a special place where we are training and empowering people for the harvest that God has prepared for our communities. We're the first church in Kentucky to do that, folks. I think you ought to be thankful for that. I think we ought to say, God, you're awesome. This little church, come on, somebody. My little church does that. God, I thank you. Amen. I don't go to a church that is lacking vision. I don't go to a church that's lacking passion or drive. I go to a church that's moving forward, and greater things are coming. Amen. I'm trying to be very careful because I don't want it to seem like I'm bragging on me. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on God here. I'm bragging on God. Look, I, I, I remember what it was like, amen, to, to work full-time and to pastor full-time and to go to school full-time. I remember what it was like. Some people say, oh, pastor, you just got it so easy. You might think that now. I'll trade, day, I'll trade days with anybody, though. But let's just look a little bit more. It's just, you know, ministries and ministers and the works that we've done and the attempts that we've tried to, uh, to make and now Purpose Institute and the good things that are going. But over the years, we have taken several missions trips in addition to this, to just our own church and to, to knocking every door in our city multiple times, to reaching out to many places all around us. Over the years, we've gone to places like, like Bowling Green and Greensburg and Bardstown. I didn't put that picture of you in... Josh in the van. I, I chose to leave that one out. But there, there were so many pictures. I, I could just show you hundreds of pictures today, amen, just to remind you and to show you what God has done. In 2017, our church took its first ever global missions trip to the country of Guatemala to minister to the churches and to the home orphanage. And then in eight, two, 2018, we went to Athens, Greece to minister to a youth camp for a youth camp where nine were filled with the Holy Ghost during the week. This year, we will travel to Costa Rica with a group of 28 people to be a blessing to the churches and to the Campbells, the missionaries in Costa Rica. This church is not sitting around just saying, oh, we're going to hold the fort till Jesus comes. We're Come on, somebody. We are moving forward into greater things. We're going to see what God has in store for our church. Amen. And not only these trips and our outreaches, but this church has given, hear me, this church has given hundreds of thousands of dollars to missions and to missionaries in the past 18 years. Time does not permit me really to talk about the many dozens of awesome people who have PCS or transferred uh, with military or job situations that are now blessing other churches all over the United States and even beyond, many of which got baptized and got the Holy Ghost and God put their marriages back together right here in this church. Amen. People, families, lives, souls. Affected for eternity. Go back just a second. I, I told you about Lisa Anderson, and this is Lisa's sister. Many of you know her by the name Michelle. Let me just share just a few stories. I'm not going to share them all. If I shared them all, it would be a long, long, long day. But, uh, you know, here's, here's the amazing thing that God has done. Michelle is an awesome story in and of itself. Uh, when she came to this church, she was not the Michelle that you know today. She'd be happy to tell you that. She was a brawler. 
She was. She was a, just to put it plainly, she was a troubled teenager. Am I telling the truth? Took a little while. So let me go, let go, let go to the next picture. So that's her, that's her mom, Mariana. Many of you know she's in Germany at Stephen's wedding. Uh, but Mariana, uh, I, I, can't, I can't say that that was all since I got here. Brother Mills had actually started talking to her and started working with her even before we got here. So uh, when, she, when she started coming and Brother Mills found out that she was coming, this is what he told me. And I quote, he said, Brother Dunn, I came, I enjoyed the weekend. He was here preaching for us. And he, he prayed with Mariana and talked to Mariana a little bit some more. And he said, that's a tough nut to crack, but she's cracking. That's exactly what he said. Mariana was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, it's kind of ironic because uh, Albert came in and he, he got baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. It, it was amazing to see what God did in this family. And, and then they left us. And uh, I'm just going to say this. Um, that was not a good day for me. I did not like the day that they had to leave. They had to PCS out. I never like it when people PCS out, but when people make themselves really invaluable to the church, you really don't like to see them go. And uh, so after many years, they came back. And uh, lo and behold, something happened to Michelle along the way. She actually started figuring some things out spiritually. And by the time she got back, she was in more of a spiritual mindset, and she's like, I want God to do something with my life. And then she met Archie. And now God is using this marriage to help Archie's family. And Archie's family is getting closer to God because of this situation. Now, I, I mentioned Michelle, but let me also talk about Lisa and the Andersons. But, you know, let me just go a little further than that. Because of this family being here, uh, some of you already know this, but there was another person that was affected, and that was Reese. Uh, Reese is Michelle's aunt, and Reese came. This is the, when she visited us many, many years ago. Uh, she visited us, and she, by her own admission, says, I was at the end of my rope. I didn't know what else I was going to do. I was ready to throw in the towel. And she said, when she came here and she was in service, Mariana said, you need to come and be in service with us. She came, and, and uh, it was at the time we called it where your road meets his, and her road met his here. And it changed her life forever. Amen. We baptized her and Stephen in the name of Jesus. Amen. They went back to Germany, and God filled them with the Holy Ghost. And they're on fire for God. They're living for God. Amen. They're serving God because of this church being here, because of what God did for them. Amen. Here at the crossroads. Amen. And then there's so many stories. Again, I'm, I don't have time, but I'm going to share a few more because we need to look back at what God has done. There's this lady here that her name is Geta Gardner. Glamour shot. That's what she looked like before she came to this church. This is her story in her own words as he shows you some of the pictures of the transformation. She says, when I started to attend the crossroads in 2003, I was at a low point in my life and was desperate for an answer to my problems. God brought me out of the darkness into his marvelous light, and my life hasn't been the same since. <laughs> 
She says, I repented of my sins. I got baptized in Jesus' name and was filled with the Holy Ghost. So did my children, Jessica and Tyresha. God has always taken care of me and my girls throughout the years. We may not have always had what we wanted, but he made sure that we always had what we needed in every area of our lives. She says, thanks to our pastor preaching and teaching the truth of God's word, I've grown in my faith and my trust in God. I have also developed a personal relationship with him, which I didn't have before. God has blessed me and put me in a church family, which I consider my second family. He has shown me his love through their prayers, encouragement, and support more times than I can count. My heart overflows with gratitude, thinking about God's goodness, mercy, and kindness. Amen. Sister Geta, that's one of my favorite pictures of you. Do you know why that's one of my favorite pictures? Because she did not like technology whatsoever. And the first job that I gave her was running what we would call pro presenter today, but it was running church view. And she got to sit back there, and she was like she did not like it at first. In fact, I think she really despised me for a little while. But God moved and did a work in her heart. And we're thankful for her. Amen. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I said this. I'm not, this is, I didn't really go into this. I'm not going to really elaborate. But there was so much going on in that family when they came to this church that Jessica and Tyresha were on their way to be in statistics. I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to shame them or anything, but that's how it was. And God stepped in. And now, you, you know, there's two two of the finest girls you will ever meet sitting right here today. Then there have been other things that maybe you didn't know about. People like my neighbors, Graham and Susie Hughes, right after the, the death of their infant son. They moved in next to us. Captain Hughes. Couldn't hardly leave the house. And uh, it was a rough time in their life, and we began to meet with them and just fellowship with them. We ended up teaching them a Bible study. They started coming to this church, and we baptized them in Jesus' name, and they have thanked us, and they have said so many times, thank you for introducing us to Jesus. Thank you for letting us know that there's hope. I'm so thankful for them. Uh, they're still in our lives. They have two beautiful uh, sons, and uh, we will never forget uh, just the, the meaning that they have meant to us and what God has done in them. It's still a work in progress, but God has done so much for them, bringing them uh, just back from the brink of despair. And then there's people like that you'll all know called the Riveras. So... Gisela heard about Jesus in Germany, and uh, she was told by somebody who had actually also been trained in ministry here at this church, from this church, and uh, when she came to Fort Knox, she actually started coming to this church, and she brought her, her son and her daughter, Miguel and Vanessa, to this church, um, and uh, Vanessa had friends. Uh, Vanessa got baptized in Jesus' name. Miguel, as well, got baptized in Jesus' name by Brother Medlock, the pastor that was here before I came, and... Uh, Vanessa had a lot of friends. Vanessa was a very friendly person. 
still is a very friendly person. <laughs> Miguel was sometimes very animated, and um, as was Jessica. I don't know why, but that's just one of my favorite pictures. Uh, go ahead and, and go to the next one. So Vanessa had some friends, and uh, she was she has been a blessing. She's helped with a lot of things. Um, she is uh, now back with us after many years of of being abroad. And I know I, I speak for all of us, but especially for Brother Miguel and myself when I say, I am so glad Vanessa is home. <laughs> Amen. And uh, so Brother Miguel uh, came around. He had, we had, this whole family has friends, okay? So they've had a lot of friends. They have what they call coffee group. Anybody ever heard of the Germans coffee group? Yeah, okay. If you haven't, they, it's, a, it's a real thing. It's really, it really happens. Um, they really do drink coffee. And uh, so Brother Miguel came and he, uh, he did not always look like that or like he does today. Uh, actually, keep going. Um, boy, those pictures got out of whack. I don't know what happened. That one was supposed to come in just a little bit. I'm sorry, Amanda. Uh, but because of, uh, because of Brother Miguel, because of uh, Miguel and Gisela, and uh, there it is. That's the picture I was looking for. Brother Miguel, that was before he started coming to this church. That was before I came to this church. And uh, they were always very social, had people over and uh, different things. And Sister Gisela has always been that way. Uh, so they had an effect on certain people. And Brother Miguel, uh, he started coming, and, uh, but he didn't start coming right away. He was coming to some of our home friendship groups that we did, our small groups that met outside of the four walls of the church. And so we would talk, and, and uh, he, he was a good guy, and he would participate, and he liked it. And So then one time I said, hey, uh, Brother Miguel, you see that green shed way out back? I said, uh, we need to put a shed up out back. Uh, do you know anything about doing that kind of stuff? Because I don't like to do that stuff by myself. That's no fun. So uh, I think it was my dad and Brother Miguel, uh, Albert, were you there for that? Okay, I think there was three or four of us that were there. And man, I just, I was really, you know, just trying to be nice. But towards the end of us getting it done, you know, I was like, hey, uh, hey, uh, Miguel, would you uh, consider coming to church? This, this weekend? He's like, oh, I can't. I got so much going on. I got schoolwork. I got a lot of stuff. Anybody ever, you know what I'm talking about? You recognize that, right? He's like, I got so much going on. He's got a lot, a lot of schoolwork, and I got to get all this done. He said, I don't think that I'm going to get it done this weekend, so I, I don't see any way that I'm going to come. And I said, now, look, I'm, this is, I'm not trying to pressure you, but I am going to pray that you get all of it done. And if you get all of it done, would you promise you'll at least come Sunday night? He said, yeah, if I get it all done, I'll come. I said, okay, that's all I'm asking for. So I prayed, and uh, Sunday night, in walks Miguel. <laughs> Amen. And, and the rest is history, pretty much. So God used Gisela and the kids and all the friends that he made, but got Brother Miguel coming, and he's been here for, he's been here for a long time, almost the whole time I've been here, and he's been on the spiritual journey, but because of what God was doing in him and in this family, then uh, Miguel met Amanda, and that was the picture you were going to see, and, and uh, this is one of the first services, I don't know, it's like maybe a month or so into, she, 
Amanda came, and uh, it, it was just amazing. Um, we, uh, we didn't know what was going to go on at the time, but man, boom, God just took over, and uh, Amanda was filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. And God is doing some incredible things in her life and in her family. And now we have uh, awesome Noah and Callan, too. And I know that I, I mentioned it before, but uh, we, we're just thankful because God has done some things through each of these families that are here today. And uh, it's because some of the families that are here today is why many of the families are here today. Uh, and so... God also allowed Gisela to reach for Inge, and she spent a lot of time with Inge, and there would be times where she's like, I don't know why God has me spending time with Inge. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. I don't know if you remember those conversations that we had, but she said, I just don't know. But go ahead and go to the, uh, yeah, there's Brother Miguel speaking, and there's the family. And so this is on the, on your left is Inge. And, uh, Sister Rivera used to meet with Inge a lot, and, and they would talk, and they would do Bible study, and they would pray together. And uh, through Inge came Karina, and Karina came, and then Karina and her whole family uh, came, and they got baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And her and her son Chris are both still serving God today in a powerful way, and uh, we are very thankful for that, thankful for what God is doing. Amen. But because of the workings of God through Vanessa and Gisela and then Salima and Petra, um, we had another guy that came around. And uh, many, many of you know him as Julius. And uh, so Julius Davis came. He also was attending our small groups before, uh, before coming. And uh, then it was him, he came, he got the Holy Ghost in the same day. I believe it was Natasha got the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. And now her sons are coming. Amen. All of Natasha's sons. And, and, and again, I know that this kind of goes without saying, but uh, see, yeah, go, go back one. See the, see the girl on the right-hand side? That's Salima. Uh, it's... Uh, has a lot to do, this family has a lot to do with being here because of Salima, which has a lot to do with Vanessa, which has a lot to do with Gisela. Do you see how God works? Amen. And uh, it's because of those connections. Salima left us just a few years ago, but the impact that she had on this church will never be taken away. Amen. Amen. Then there have been a, a few wonderful people that have come along, and uh, people like Bill Davenport. <laughs> I could I could say a lot, but I'm going to keep it really simple, Brother Bill. Um. Brother Davenport came, and man, he was already a good guy and wanting to help and wanting to be a part, even before God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And then God filled him with the Holy Ghost, and he was telling me, he, he, I don't need to get baptized. I was baptized when I was younger, and Brother, Brother Crowder said, 
go get the robe on and get in there. Is that, am I telling that right? And so, thanks to help from Brother Crowder, amen, Brother Bill was baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. And I can't tell you how much uh, help Brother Bill has been over the years uh, with this church, and uh, just, he's able to do just about anything. And then there are uh, a few more, and I'm, I'm just about done, and there's just two more. But this, this guy right here came along a few years ago, a few years back, and uh, man, I love that guy. He was just such an awesome guy. His name is Terry Brakebill. And Terry came, and uh, he was like, man, I love this and love everything. And he was just always real positive, and uh, we'd talk on the phone a lot. And God did some things in Terry. When Terry first started coming, he wasn't really quite where he needed to be with God. But before he went home to be with God, he was. Amen. But that's not the end of the story. <laughs> because of Terry, one day he was getting baptized. And he's like, Pastor, I need to get baptized. He said, this is going to be a hard thing. I don't know. He was having some medical issues. It's going to be a hard thing. And I said, get the whole family to come. So he reached out and, and he got the boys to come and, and uh, the, the rest of the family. And they all showed up. And so Terry became the instrument that God used to reach to David, and to Heather, and to Luke, and to Kaylin. And the story doesn't stop there because Heather has a friend named Christina. They're more like sisters, but they're friends. And because of Heather's influence, Christina came, and so now Christina Amen. Is filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. And now Maddox and Gavin's been baptized in Jesus' name. You just never know what God is going to do. You say, well, I, I don't know. I don't see it happening. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how God's doing it. Amen. It's God's working. He's, he's got it all under control. Thank God for Terry. Amen. Amen. Thank God for Terry. Amen. Don't, let's not forget. Amen. Let, let's remember. Thank God for Terry. Thank God for what he has done. Amen. And uh, I, I don't want to keep you forever, so let me keep moving. Then there's Josh and Jessica Cooper. Some of you are thinking, oh, they've been here this whole time. And uh, yes, you're right. Josh was one of the first babies born into this church in December of 1985 after the church started in October. But his journey and what God has done in his life is truly amazing. God is raising him up to be mightily used in ministry. But remember Geta? Well, this is her daughter that came reluctantly that ended up being the Miss, Mrs. Joshua Cooper. This is, this is her personal testimony. She says, at one of the most critical points of my life, Jesus interrupted my regularly scheduled programming and flipped my world completely upside down. 
during a time that was negative. Go ahead and go to the next picture. Did I, do you already show the, yeah, that's the one I wanted. <laughs> during a time that negative peer influences, anxiety, anger, and a home that was falling apart should have ruined me, God stepped in and allowed me to feel his love and mercy in a life-changing way. I visited the crossroads with my family on several occasions, first very unwillingly, and it was there that he changed me completely. I remember the day I repented of my sins and came out of the waters of baptism and completely, a completely new and freer than I had ever felt before. And I remember the night that he filled me with the Holy Ghost, one of the greatest miracles that I had ever experienced. Since then, God has been faithful to me over and over again, constantly providing for my needs and reminding me that he's always there. His love for me hasn't changed, and he's still as good to me now as he was back then. He's in the business of putting broken pieces back together. And I'm so thankful for the work that he has done and continues to do in my life. Amen. How many of you are thankful for what God has done? And most recently, look, there, there you are, Sister Cooper. And most recently, uh, there's a, a family that sits up here on the front today, Ted and Crystal Abbott. And uh, it's really amazing to see. That's, that's the weekend before they started coming to our church. And their lifestyle was a little different then than it is now. Go ahead and go to the next one. It's amazing to see what God has done in the last four years in this family, out of addictions and into God's perfect plan for them. No, they're not perfect, but they are faithful, and they're letting God use them for His kingdom. Amen. I honestly could go on all day with so many more memorial stones of what God has done. But I want to challenge you right now to just, just in your own life, just close your eyes for just a second. I want you to take a second and look back to see what God has done in your life. And I want you just to let your heart fill up with gratitude and thankfulness. There, there's so many things that you have to be thankful for. So many, you, you, there's no reason for us not to have thankfulness and gratitude in our hearts for what God has done and how far he has brought us. And some of you today, uh, God is challenging you to remember don't, don't forget, look back and remember what he has done. As I get ready to close, Joshua 13, 1, is, I want to focus on this for just a second as we close today. Joshua 13, 1, now Joshua was old, advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, how many of you feel old and advanced in years some days? This is what, this is what God said to him, you are old. It's one thing if your kids tell you you're old, right? But what if God says, you are old, advanced in years, but look what he says. And there remains very much land yet to be possessed. But pastor, I'm old. That's all right. There remains much land yet to be possessed. Philippians 3.12, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying that there are greater things ahead. 
We're looking back, but there are greater things ahead. But in order for us to move forward, we've got to remember what God has done. We've got to remember how far that He has brought us. And then when we do, let me just say this. You want a tweetable quote? Here it is. Our dreams must be bigger than our memories. If we're going to see this church move into the greater things that God has for us, our dreams must be bigger than our memories. We've got tons of memories, hundreds of memories, thousands of memories of what God has done. But you know what? The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. God is not finished yet. I want you to look back and remember what God has done. And the reason that we do that is so that we instill faith in the next generation. And we can see that God is rolling away our past defeats that we have experienced. Anybody been through some stuff? Anybody had some stuff you've been dealing with? Today, amen, today, we're looking at this memorial because God is rolling away those past defeats. God is giving you a brand new future. We have a choice today, and the choice is, will we or will we not be a part of the greater future of this church? Some of you are looking around, you say, I wasn't really a part of the past, and I, my picture wasn't up there today, and pastor didn't talk about me. But will I talk about you in 10 years? But, but Pastor, I, you know, I've been here a few years and nothing really, you know, I, I, I'm telling you, I could, have, I could have called out everybody. I try not to call out everybody. But what has God done for you just in the last couple of years? Some of you, you're almost unrecognizable from what you used to be. God has greater things for your future. God has greater things for this church. So as you stand with me today, this is what we're going to do. We're going to end this service in a much different way. If you have not ever been baptized in Jesus' name or filled with the Holy Ghost, as described several times by the several people, the testimonies that you saw today uh, before you visually of people that they turned their life over to God and God changed their life around. You say, well, I don't know. This is my first time here. I don't know if I'm quite ready for that. It was Ted and Crystal's first time. Amen. The preacher called them out, called them out of their seat, said, get up here. I'm not going to do that to you today because that's not my nature. But I will say, if you're here today and this is your first time or your second time, you say, I want whatever it is these people have. All you need to do is walk out of your seat and come to this altar and lift up your hands and say, God, fill me with your spirit. God, I I, I repent of everything that I've done, everything that I've said, everything that I've thought that was not pleasing to you. And God, I'm sorry for the way that I've been living, but I want to turn my whole life over to you. And as you do that, God will fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. As you repent of your sins and you turn your life over to him, tears will start to stream down your face and, and, and a language that you didn't learn at school will begin to form in your mind and you need to just speak that out of your mouth and as God fills you with his spirit, amen. And then if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, the water's ready today. We'll baptize you in the name of Jesus, amen, for the remission and the washing away of your sins. But I will go even a step further. For those of you that you are here today and that has been your uh, experience, you have already received that. You ought to be the first ones down here today thanking God and praising God for what He has done in your life. For getting you to where you are today. When you look back over your life and you remember what God has done. Amen. Nobody, amen, has been better to you than Jesus has. So you ought to give Him praise. You ought to give Him thanks today. And so today as we close this service, we're going to give God thanks. We're going to give God praise. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. Thank you, Lord, 
Lord, for changing my life. Thank you, Lord, for making me who you want me to be. I know I'm not who I'm going to be, but thank God I'm not who I used to be. Come on, step out of your seat and give God thanks and praise. This altar is open today.